everybody, and welcome to this episode of Tales of the Resistance. I'm Mara Zalt. I'm the project manager here with I Am Responsible, and I'm joined today by Bella Brining. Hi, I'm an undergrad working on the I Am Responsible team in digital content creation, and I'm excited to get this podcast up and going. And by Amber Patterson. Hey guys, I'm Amber. I'm the multimedia graphics designer for the I Am Responsible project, and I'm looking forward to talking to the experts in I Am Responsible. Great, because we will. Today on this episode, we're going to be talking with Jumroll, please. This week, we're talking to Dr. Amy Schmidt. Dr. Schmidt is an associate professor in biological systems engineering and animal science at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. She grew up in rural Iowa, and she appreciates the agricultural production system that feeds people worldwide. She chose her career path to support responsible livestock production by helping farmers adopt research-based practices that optimize agronomic productivity and minimize potential environmental and social risks. She works on the AM Responsible team and with the focus of manure management. We talked to Amy a little bit before the show and found out that Amy's first love is baseball. She faithfully follows her favorite team, the St. Louis Cardinals, and her favorite players, though not professionals yet, are her son and daughter. Absolutely. This is, this is going to be a great conversation. Looking forward to it. All right, let's get into it. Good morning, Dr. Schmidt. Thank you for joining us. Would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself, give us your name, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, My name is Amy Schmidt, and I'm a faculty member at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, where I do research and outreach focused on um, responsible management of livestock manure. Um, And our goal is to achieve maximum benefit to crop productivity and soil quality Uh, using manure, but at the same time avoid contamination of ground and surface water by contaminants that are uh, present in manure. So Amy, I have to ask, why manure? Why work with manure? When I was in graduate school, I um, worked on a project that was focused on livestock manure management. We were looking at a new technology for assessing nutrient content in manure. And um, so as that, you know, that project progressed, I found a lot of interest in the outreach side of of research and in agricultural engineering, we span, um, you know, anything from livestock housing to water um, management to environmental issues. Um, And so my area kind of settled in how livestock production Um, impacts the environment and how we can incorporate practices uh, for manure management that reduce the negative impacts on the environment of manure. So how did you go from manure environment to antimicrobial resistance? I guess, you know, when I started working in this area over 20 years ago, we were mainly focused on nutrients in the manure that could pollute water. And um, we really didn't have things like, um, antimicrobial resistant genes or bacteria or pharmaceutical products on our mind at that time. But as my career evolved and science also evolved, um, 
there was kind of a shift where gradually researchers started to recognize that we can't really focus only on one aspect of the world around us um, and consider how actions in that small space um, just impact, you know, impact that one component. Um, we have to look at the, you know, the world and all of these different um, actions as being interconnected. And so, for instance, rather than looking at animal health um, separate from environmental protection um, and those separate from human health, we started migrating toward this concept um, of one health. And so one health is um, this idea that people and animals and the planet are all connected and that problems in any area need to be approached from a perspective of everything being connected um, rather than being unrelated. And so when I say animals, that includes livestock, um, our pets, domestic animals, uh, and wild animals as well. So my area you know, tends to focus on livestock production. And, um, and so I started kind of tying that into the work I was already doing related to nutrient contamination from manure. So we kind of started thinking about um, how do we manage manure to avoid both um, nutrient movement in the environment, but also um, to keep pharmaceutical products or um, the bacteria. How do we keep those from reaching water bodies and causing a pollution issue? Um, are there edge of field practices that can reduce uh, discharges and, and movement of contaminants in the environment? And going a step back, if we can impact animal health, in a way that reduces the reliance on medication for those animals, then how does that overall impact um, the environment when that manure is, is utilized in the environment? So that, that's how they kind of became, became connected. Um, and of course, anything in the environment can have an impact on human health and the health of other animals in that environment. So, so we, we kind of broadened to more of a big picture view of what manure management contributes in the larger world of livestock production and human health and environmental health and land management practices and, and those other areas. Yes, I love to hear about how interconnected everything is. I am a nerd for systems. Maybe that's why I'm an engineer. I don't know. It, but is that big picture viewpoint that you started to have a big part of why you decided to put together the multidisciplinary team, I Am Responsible? So the origins of the I Am Responsible project, uh, that kind of grew out of, you know, most projects, there also needs to be an outreach component. And I, I kind of think of it as the who cares um, idea. So you can do some great research but who really cares about the outcome. And when you know who cares, then that's the person you need to be um, communicating with to make them aware of what's going on and how, um, how this concern or, or particular practice might influence them. And so with the IAM, IAMR project, um, we decided, you know, we needed to have kind of a unified message or um, delivery uh, source, I guess, for information about antimicrobial resistance, both to 
um, food producers and food consumers. And so we could break those populations up much more finely, but really in the scheme of things, everybody in the world is a food consumer and some of us are also food producers. And so, and so we, we kind of designed it that way where we have people who are working more on the, um, the pre-harvest side or the pre-take uh, home and cook side, you know, the way that animals are raised and the way that um, fruit and vegetable crops are raised and um, how they're processed and, you know, what can we do on that side of things? And then the human health or the consumer side is, you know, what are the risks associated with um, different types of food that are raised in different types of ways? And what's my responsibility for handling those safely? And then beyond that, just as a, um, as a human who is bound to be ill from time to time and need medical treatment, understanding what, um, what is an appropriate treatment for what you have and what is not. So just, you know, not asking your doctor for antibiotics when they say you have a viral infection. Um, and so, I, you know, it kind of grew out of this concept of it doesn't do us any good to do this work from one university and try to reach the whole world with it. We need to meet people where they are and um, broaden our reach by having different people involved who, um, who work with different sectors of society and, and can deliver messages um, more effectively to those particular um, individuals or groups. So, so that's kind of the basis of the, the program. And basically that our message is, it's not you are responsible or this other person is responsible, but, but we all are. And so that's why, um, that's kind of what, why we came up with that name for it. And, um, and I hope it continues to grow as, in terms of how um, the different expertise we have on it and how far we can reach and, and reach new audiences that um, maybe we haven't done a great job of connecting with to date. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're describing a problem that's going to require everyone to be part of the solution. And with everything we do, you know, it's not so much that we want to educate people about it as we want to make sure people are aware of what's going on. Um, you, they, they hear the term antimicrobial resistance, or maybe they never have, and they're surprised to hear that um, antibiotics aren't working as well as they used to for some diseases. And so it's more, I think, increasing awareness of what's going on, what, what the concern is. And then not just talking about like, here's what you can do um, to solve this problem, but you know, broadly, here's what, here's what livestock producers can do. Here's what doctors can do. And here's what you can do as a parent or um, when you're preparing food, um, here's how you protect yourself. So it, it's, it's, such a, um, it's such a broad and interconnected issue that you know, I don't know that, I don't think problems ever get completely resolved, right? We, we, we make progress over many years or many decades, you know, microbial resistance is going to, it's not going to go away. It's not something we can cure because it's a natural um, occurrence that bacteria evolved to, um, 
to avoid the um, impacts of antibiotics that are used to treat them. Um, but I think it's a matter of kind of improving awareness among people of how they are connected in these different ways and how what they do impacts um, everything around them in their environment and, and in food production. And, uh, and so I, to me, it's an awareness, awareness building. And then as, as people become aware, then we'll learn like, what do they, what do we need to do to help them um, adopt practices that are effective against um, either being and in, becoming infected with an antimicrobial resistant bacteria or, um, you know, uh, spreading of disease or, or how can we prevent disease better so that we don't rely so much on antibiotics. Um, so I think, you know, we go from awareness to now, what can we do about it? Um, to, you know, what, what new technologies are we learning and what new things are we learning that we can, um, help people implement um, to protect themselves and others. Something I've always wondered about is it seems like antibiotic resistance is a huge global issue that don't, many people don't know about, including me before I worked for the Schmidt Lab. Do you think it is something that's going to be a hot button topic in the future? You know, um, I think people don't recognize the seriousness of a situation until it directly impacts them. So we can talk about, um, you know, whether it was the AIDS pandemic 20, 30 years ago or the COVID pandemic now, you think about it happening elsewhere. And until someone you know is either sickened or dies or has some other complications related to that particular health issue, you sort of aren't that worried about it. And, you know, we can talk about the number of people we expect to have to treat for antimicrobial resistant infections or the number of people worldwide or in the United States who over the next, you know, 20 years, how that, that um, risk is going to increase. But I, I just think it's difficult to, um, spur people to action until they see it connected to them. And I also think we're, you know, we're very much a population of, um, we don't like, we don't like to make change, difficult changes that won't, we won't see an impact from right away. So you think about smoking. If you knew that smoking a pack of cigarettes today was going to lead to you having a heart attack tomorrow, you would probably you know, those two are closely related and you might rethink like, should I really be smoking? But when you think about, you know, smoking a pack a or two a day um, in 30 years, maybe I'll end up having a heart attack or heart disease. Maybe I'll have cancer, but you know, maybe I'll be one of the lucky ones that, that doesn't um, have their life shortened by smoking. And so you can put that off and, you know, our health is very much like that. And so I think, Antimicrobial resistance is, is one of those things that I think it's going to have to get worse before it gets better because I just, I just don't, I don't know um, necessarily how to spur action in people 
who don't see it as a threat to them because they've never, um, never known someone who had a resistant infection or died from a resistant infection or, um, you know, they, they don't see that um, happening right around them. To me, there's, there's some very basic um, concepts, scientific concepts that are just not, they're not well known or well understood, not because people aren't smart enough to understand them, but unless you really work closely with that area, it's not really something that, that you know, is in the top of your mind all the time. And so you just, you don't know how, um, how your life might be impacted by topics that have never been of interest to you. Um, maybe you learned about them, but you don't really remember it because you don't practice it. But um, I think we're starting to learn more and more about how, um, how at very basic levels we impact our health and the health of others. And, and uh, I hope that's something that continues to evolve and um, help people understand that, you know, what choices they can make to reduce their risk um, from contaminants like this or from diseases or from, uh, you know, food safety issues, whatever. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, um, the practices that we ask them to do, you know, washing your hands, keeping your, your fresh food separate from your cooked foods, things like that. They're very simple and almost too obvious that people don't necessarily um, think about it because, you know, it's not a, um, it, you know, they've never had a foodborne illness or seen somebody have it. And so, or they think, you know, the food should be safe when I get it. And so I just, I just think it's a, it's a cultural thing where particularly in the United States, I think we um, collectively don't worry about disease and, and famine and things as much as other parts of the world because um, we, we have it pretty good. And we, we think anything that happens, medicine can probably solve. And I, I think this is one of those things that it's not up to medicine to solve, it's up to all of us. And uh, we just need to increase that awareness and all of us take uh, some accountability for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really well said and, and probably the perfect place for us to end today um, that with that message that we all have a role to play in addressing antimicrobial resistance. Um, so, We'll just say thanks again uh, for taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, you bet. I'll chat with you guys later. You know, it's interesting. I wouldn't think about antimicrobial resistance and soil or manure for that fact, for that matter, like how manure would potentially impact antimicrobial resistance. So I found that pretty fascinating. What do you guys think? I think that's one of the challenges when you're thinking about antimicrobial resistance, because it is out of sight, out of mind. And it's so surprising to hear these different realms, because if no one talks about it, you can't see it. You don't really think about it until it's too late. So I thought what Amy said about us feeling privileged and feeling like it shouldn't be an issue because science is so modern is a really realistic take on why people don't tap into I'm responsible enough. 
Agreed. Both you boys bring up really good points and, and obviously Amy said them first and better than than I would, but the it's such a complicated topic. Manure is part of this topic, but so is how your doctor is, you know, prescribing. And so is how you take care of your food. And just the fact that it's like so pervasive and so complicated, it's easy to step back from because you think well, we've been discovering new antibiotics for so long. Modern medicine is this great and glorious thing. And it's way too overwhelming for me to think about. So, you know, I'm leaving that to someone else. And that sort of combination of complicated and, you know, antibiotics are, we've solved that problem already. Why are we bringing this back up? You know, it just makes getting people to take action on it almost more difficult because it's not new and novel you know it's something that's been with us for a long time and is part of so many realms of our lives so I guess we got our work cut out for us ladies <laughs> on teaching people about antimicrobial resistance as someone who doesn't have much of a background in the world of science at all, it always just blows my mind listening about IMR and how it really applies to all of us, not just those in the scientific fields. Very true, Bella. Although next week we are returning to scientific fields, we're going to be talking to Dr. Eduardo Gutierrez Rodriguez from Colorado State University. He works with AMR in produce production, so a little bit of a change of pace. So we'll look forward to that conversation next week and talk to you all again soon.